You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. So on nothing, yep. the first verse, you talk about titles a little bit. Titles and relationships, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to go straight into the, the Michelle part. But yeah, that, yep, yep, yep. What do you think about titles and relationships? Um, I don't, I don't mind them. I think that some, I think some things do need to be defined. You know, you have to ask the girl, will you be my girlfriend? Will you marry me? You know, I want you to be my wife. Like, I think some things have to be defined. You, you ever um, be, have you ever been in a situation where a title has ruined a relationship? Uh, if the two people didn't agree on it. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was, if it, if it was not unstated or yeah, if it was unstated, you know, so then maybe the girl thinks that they're together and the guy just thinks they're hanging out or vice versa, mm. you know, but then they, you know, this is very common, you know, you're together, but you're not together. So right. you guys are around all your, you completely act like a couple. You do all the things that couples do, but she's not your girlfriend. But you are, but, but you are emotionally invested because right. if she does that with another guy, you're going to flip out. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? You're going to argue about things that otherwise, if you were just acquaintances or really just friends, you wouldn't really trip over. So I, I believe, t- I believe titles are necessary. I think that a lot of people will, will say, and this is just a general statement that, you know, don't, you know, we'll say this like in, in hip hop, especially, you know, with the, with the Christians, with the Jesus people, <laughs> don't label me. I'm not, I'm not a Christian hip hop artist. I'm not this, like, some, like our, our culture just likes to label stuff. It is what it is. And some, sometimes, yeah, it's a little limiting or whatever, but in some instances you have to define this is water. Drink it. This is good for you. This is a shoe. Put it on. It protects your feet. It keeps them dry. You know what I'm saying? Like these are clothes. Like some things have to be defined. Titles are a funny thing. Like, uh, and maybe I, just, I, I swear, like I, I, you know, how me and my wife ended up together. I'm, I'm lucky, right? I mean, like her and I, we were best friends and we were clearly more like we, you know, we would go to the movies and like, you know, hold hands and sit next to each other. Like we were, you know, all cute and everything. But mm. we didn't have a title of any kind. Mm. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to, I wanted her to be my girlfriend. You know, I mm. wanted, I, I wanted like for us to be together, but I was, for whatever reason, I was always just, you know, oh, I'm, that's Dave. That's the friend, you know? Yeah. And whew. Right. And so this is college, mm-hmm. right? So this is my senior year of college. And so it, I basically, I was just like, I, I thought to myself, you know what? It's not happening. So, you know, it's college. Girl lived across the, you know, lived across the hall, you know, start hanging out, doing, you know, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, my now wife, of course, but, you know, we were like her and I, we were walking around. She's like, so you're like, you're with this girl? You know, she was like trying to, you could, and she's talking, you know, she'll tell you this herself. Like the the wheels were in motion. Like she's recalculating the relationship, mm. you know, and, um. And so <laughs> it it was basically, you know, that caused her to basically be like, well, hold on now. <laughs> no, it, it turned out that, you know, the girl across the hall, she, you know, she became a friend of mine. Like it was, you know, her and I, we weren't ever like going to be together or whatever. And she's happily married now, whatever. Every, everybody's happy. But um, it wasn't that serious of a thing. And so me and my wife, we, we, you know, as that sort of faded out, then we tried to like be boyfriend or girlfriend. And the problem was, is. We were in a big group of friends and all of a sudden 
We changed the whole dynamic of the group by us having a label. Even though we were doing the same thing, we were already going to dinner, we were already going to see movies, but now it was like, oh, well, y'all are together. So we had to go do boyfriend and girlfriend things. Mm. And the label actually freaked me. It, it, it flipped me out. Mm. So I, I dumped my, my future wife. Wow. Dumped my future wife. And, wow. uh, you know, I think it, it was basically like, you know, weeks, I forget, weeks or months. It was a very, it was like a very intense semester of college. Like, I don't know, not even a full month later, a couple weeks later, whatever. Her and I are hanging out and, you know, we're watching some movies or whatever because we were still friends, but it was kind of awkward. And basically, we both were like, we're not going to call this anything. Mm. We're just going to, we're just going to be. And so, you know, we were hanging out, right? Which people do all the time now. Oh, we're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Right. The stereotype. Listen, I was Netflix and chill before there was no Netflix and chill. Fam. And I knew she like the whole time. The reason why I wanted to to be with her is I knew like she was the one mm. I had to convince her <laughs> that I was the one. Wow. But like it was so it was like a this is all this is like on early October, end of October. My parents fly out. Um, They have, you know, we have family in the area. They wanted to come see me because I was at Yukon and and they, you know, they, my dad had met my wife before and they wanted to, you know, they were like going to pick us up and go to, you know, they're like, oh, she should come to dinner. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my, my mom just looks at me and she's like, as soon as she picks, picks up in the car with my, with my dad, she's like, are you two dating? Mm. And we just sort of look at each other and we just sort of go, yeah, I, I guess we're dating. And that is the date that until we got married, we counted as our anniversary. And I think, well, first off, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I I think that um so that, that's my that's my piece on titles in a relationship. I believe, I believe that marriages or just relationships period I believe they have parameters as far as respect and things like that but largely you can make it be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be well we were under the moonlights and I looked into her eyes and asked her to be my girlfriend. Like if both of y'all, if both of y'all move like that and that's just what happened, then that's, that's y'all. Right. That's your individual relationship. It's a relationship, but relationship is such a broad term. It can be a million different things and still fall into that relationship thing. So that's dope. I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And this is one question I always ask on my married friends. How did you know it was her? How'd you know? I don't. Mm. There's no explanation. Wow. It is. It's so dumb. <laughs> nah. Nah, nah, like, nah, 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 You nah. know, you're asking me like, how did you know how to breathe? <laughs> I don't know. See? I, <laughs> I just did. Wow. That's ill. That's uh, ill. Um, so back to nothing. Um, nothing. One thing we haven't really talked, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but like you have sub, I know you talked about it on the two tones podcast. You have subtitle, not subtitle. I think you described it as subtitles. You have sort of secondary titles for each of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, is as you were creating the, and here's one thing I never asked you as we were going and mixing all these records and everything. Did you start with the songs and realize when you got to a certain point, Oh, I've got a structure now I need to fill it in or was it I've got the structure let me make the songs to fit it um I realize now that when I create projects I come up with song titles before I start writing mm. um so I did not have the subtitles but I knew I think when I really had Marcus Graham I had everything I had tattoo I had who I am 
and maybe one or two other records. But I knew I knew the story I wanted to tell. Right, right. I was um, gonna say everything, and then who I am. We're gonna talk about that in a second, and then tattoo. Yeah, you've already got some of the main beats in the story. Yeah, I had the main part, so I knew I just had to fill it in. Okay, I wanna I wanna expose this sort of thinking. I want to, and I wanted to lead into this, and I want you know this to be referenced two tracks prior to understand that this was the seed and then this was the manifestation you know two or three songs later so i'm 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 weird and awkward and to be honest i didn't come up with the i didn't come up with the subtitles i knew i wanted them but i didn't come up with all the subtitles until maybe a week before the album was finished mm, interesting some of them i already had and uh if you go like through my my uh my instagram when marcus graham was originally going to come out in february I had those titles and I had them like broken down. Um, but then they changed as the the songs were different, the 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 avenue was different, and so the need the need became different. I'll say that. So on who I am with Jonathan Baker, yeah, you're talking on the first verse about how you're not interested in being a friend. You want to take your shot. Yep. Um I'm sure you've been asked this, but I'll ask it because it's stereotypical. Obviously, there's lots of examples of that. And in fact, I mean, that was essentially the story of, of me and my wife, right? I don't want to be a friend. I want to take my shot. Mm-hmm. Is that, I'm, I'm guessing there's a little bit of like real life inspiration drawn there. This this was one of the few songs on the album that was completely about one person. Right. This is when I decided I wanted to uh, make this, like, it, really writing this song changed the direction of Marcus Graham. I, it was going to be something totally different. Like I've been telling people, I had Marcus Graham before I had Kairos. Yeah. Um, but this is this was like the definitive record. But yeah, a lot of the songs on the album, this is not get it off my chest music. This isn't walking contradiction, which has come up in a lot of conversations lately in the last two weeks, just it's about an, how many people like like that record. It's, a, it's an incredible record. And um, that second so, verse. Yeah. <laughs> this it's the, it's the same. Well, another another artist used that sample recently, mm. and <laughs> everybody get off my my porch. <laughs> ah, get off my lawn. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah. So this wasn't this album isn't get it off my chest music. This isn't like me curled up in a corner strumming a, a an acoustic guitar, telling somebody that I want to be with them. However, this song is absolutely me telling a particular woman I want to be with you. Do you so, think do you think that that is a trait of being masculine that taking your shot? I think it's necessary. I, I always tell, you know, the the kids that I mentor like getting curved or even just doing it or even just shooting your shot, put some hair on your chest. Like you got you got to do it. You have to take a risk. Any anything that was successful in life, any any success story that you read involves several levels of risk. I don't think that I don't think there's anything inherently masculine about that. I think that applies to anybody. Well, sure. You have to take your shot. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I didn't think of it that way because you're right. Because taking a shot, taking a risk isn't limited to just men. No, and even just taking your shot in a relationship is not interested in just men. So what are you, what are you saying? So like you 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 think a woman should tell a guy I like you and I want you? Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about that? Um, I believe that conversation should be reciprocated um i'm not a big fan of like a girl coming up to me and saying you know hey sexy man what's your sign i'm not a big fan of that but i understand that that's the culture that we live in today and it's very possible for that to happen but i'm not the biggest fan i think that men are i think we we are we are seekers we look we we find we search some people call us hunters like 
I believe that we look, I believe in, in terms of relationship, like we're usually the ones who seek after. Because men, largely in part, like we, we're good. You know what I'm saying? So you always find that, but you find that woman that's like, wait a minute, you know, and this is what leads into desperation. Like, wait a minute, what is it about her that makes it different from everybody else? So that's why, you know, that's what leads to the courtship and the pursuit and all that other stuff. Right. But I would say that men only think they're good because they are, that is how our society raises them to be. Like, right, 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 right. You're right. right. Because it's not good for man to be alone. So, or anybody, I mean, re, I mean, look, well, like if, if, it's if, not good for people to be alone. Right, 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 right. And on the second verse to who I am, you're, you, you are addressing issues with intimacy. Yeah. It is not the only time on this, on this project you talk about issues of intimacy. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not only a reference to Marcus Graham's actual issues with intimacy. Is that, I mean, is that something that you have struggled with? Um, I think intimacy as a, as a concept uh, is often a struggle. It's, you know, intimacy is not just sex. Um, it's a part of it, but intimacy is because if you actually think about sex, it, it is you being completely naked in front of this other person and this other person receiving you as you are. So in order for me to get in order for me to get naked, you see everything. I can't hide anything. Sometimes, you know, if you wear a particular shirt, it might make you look a little more masculine or if you wear something it's going to make you look different and look better. Um, but if I'm just here and it's authentically me, are you still going to receive me and take and take me in that moment, knowing that, you know, of course we grow, you know, we're human, we grow, we change, we develop all that other stuff. But right now in this moment, if I tell you about everything that I do, if I reveal to you every mistake that I've made, if I reveal to you the choices, if I reveal to you the things that I think that I don't even agree with, but for whatever reason, I'm just drawn to that way of thinking, are you still going to receive me? I think that's a huge problem, not just personally. I think that's a, I think that's a huge man problem. Mm. Right. I was going to say, I mean, the, I mean, the issue with intimacy, of course, is that you're intertwining physical intimacy with emotional and intelligent, like intelligence intimacy, right? Like sort of. Well, I, th- I think there, I think that there's sort of one and the same because I mean, you can have sex and not be intimate. Right. But in this context, I, I'm using the physical example to also reel in the other parts of intimacy emotionally emotionally mentally etc etc so for desperation you sort of alluded to it before but sort of this idea of the guy thinks he is he's good he's Mm -hmm. he knows what he wants to do in life and all and here's this other here's this woman who is just like what and he is he he just and in the movie right i mean marcus graham falls hard yeah really fast Mm mm-hmm so that's definitely something that happens in life. Do you, do you feel that that is a, that is a common pattern that sort of, I, I think I'm good. And all of a sudden there you go. Yeah. I, I think that can happen. I don't know if it's necessarily common, but I think it's something that we've all experienced. Hmm. I think it's something that we've all, I guess what's the difference between this now? Okay. So I think, I think it's something that we've all experienced. I think that that's not how all falls happen per se, but I do believe that the quick fall is definitely a thing. And for you, once you knew you had who I am, did you know that you wanted the next sort of record to be about the desperation? Yeah. If you didn't outright call it desperation. Yeah, because, uh, well, I had this. I wrote desperation in like the next day after who I am or very shortly thereafter. Right. Because I was really faced with the reality of, okay, here's this girl. I like this girl. She likes me. 
is this it? Right. And you're like, okay, here's the reality of me. Before she even comes into the picture, what am I, what am I willing to uh, deal with in order to be as good for this other person as, as humanly possible? How bad do I want it? Because I could, you know, for me, I can like, I used to be this way. I can like a girl to be interested in a girl on Monday and by Thursday, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Just be completely turned off. Um, you know, nothing changed. There was nothing different. I just, I'm just not feeling it. Um, but with this, it's like when you, when you get married or when you make that commitment, it's like, do you really know what you're asking for? And marriage is a beautiful thing, but it's also a lot of work. Mm. And I think that a lot of single people, me being divorced, like I can speak from that perspective. Like you really don't know what you're asking for. You think that marriage is, you know, you got somebody to kick it with. You know, you ain't always got to do the dishes every night. You always have, you know, you've always got sex waiting on you at a moment's notice. And you've got a two income household and you're good. Like, no, it's way more than that. And every day you have to you when you wake up in the morning, you look at this person, you say, I choose you. And you have to live your day completely choosing this person in every aspect of your life, even when they're not there. I think that I think for a lot of people, that's difficult because it, it requires you to not be selfish. And I think we're, we're just a selfish people. Yeah, I think it requires an awareness of, I mean, if you think about all the deep, dark sort of flaws that you know you have in your mm -hmm. own self, mm -hmm. I mean, so, um, you know, a, mar a great marriage can be a multiplier of good things, but Absolutely. it can also be a multiplier of bad things. One thing that my old elder told me in my church, maybe about six months before I got married, and I didn't understand it until I got divorced, when he was like, marriage doesn't hide anything. It exposes everything. Uh, Everything, everything. So you think, uh, you know, yeah, I got a, I have a, I have a, you know, I love bad. That's my problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you think that like you're, you think that when you get married that you're just going to stop finding women attractive. No, 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 no. And in some seasons and in some instances, if you don't have the discipline to chill on that, it could get worse. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because now when you're single, you, you could, you could talk to as many women as you want to, really, if you really want to. You can have a chick for every day of the week if you want. But when you're married, you can't even entertain the thought of it. You know what I'm saying? And for a lot of people, that's hard. That's hard. That's very difficult. Women, too. I, I have a lot of women who don't talk about that. Like, we just assume that men are the only ones who have problems with, you know, infidelity, multiple partners, et cetera, et cetera. Like, right. some, women, some women find that difficult, too. Find that to be a difficult transition, so... So, uh, on if she was, yeah, you close the first verse by saying, even though she's not the coldest, she's the one that I chose. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that line? So there, may, I preceded that with there may be some things she ain't the best at. Yeah. So maybe, maybe your wife's not good. Maybe your your partner's not good with money. Maybe your spouse isn't the best chef. Right. Maybe your spouse has a short temper. You know, when you marry somebody, you marry all of them. You right. know what I'm saying? So that that's what I meant. So even though she's not perfect, mm. that's me. I, I I chose all of that. I didn't just choose the good parts, sickness and in health, for better or for worse. I chose everything. That's what that means. And then in the second verse, you're you're talking about the strength of that bond, mm -hmm. right? Will it last? And and you're questioning this idea of intimate of being honest and intimate again. Mm -hmm. It's a recurring theme. Like I said, in this album and, and sort of at this point, like in the story you're trying to tell it, do you, 
I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is, was it on purpose that you wanted to revisit this issue of intimacy, or did it just come out in the writing because that was what was on your mind? Probably just came out in the writing. Um, I th- I, I, pre- I appreciate you saying that because we ha- you and I have talked in the show before about how even on look this is a this is a theme project. I mean, there's a it's a concept album and it's a concept that is stuck to. But even on on like concept albums, we hear a lot from rappers who are like, oh, they make it sound like they had like you know whiteboards everywhere like diagramming no. every plot point so i appreciate you saying that no so i, I so the intimacy I, was com- the the questioning that that was just coming out in the writing yeah i think that intimacy just sort of bleeds out in a bunch of different areas yeah and i think in conflict intimacy bleeds out because for a lot of us we don't know how to have healthy conflict like a he- like healthy conflict is good you know rubbing up against another person that challenge like that's that, that can result into some good things. Like it's almost like let's bring into a uh, more simpler term. So say me, say you and I are out, and we're already we're already really really cool. Like you, my man. So say you and I are out, and say you get into a fight. Mm-hmm. Now, if I don't jump in, you're gonna be looking at me like. On one hand, you might say, "Ah, well, you know, it wasn't his fight," or you might be mad, like, "Well, dog, like, why didn't you get me? Why didn't you help me out?" But if you don't even have to ask me the minute, the minute I see you in some sort of trouble, I'm there like, what's up? What are we doing? You're going to look at me in a different light. Like, yo, like he, he didn't have to do that, but he did. And that in turn makes the bond stronger. I think that's, I think that's one of the things that conflict produces all of my, my married friends, because I had a lot of conversations about this album. I wanted to make sure that I really spoke from a real honest and truthful place and not just my perception. And one common theme when I talked to, to some of my married uh, uh, homeboys was, you know, their points in the marriage were like me and my wife were just at it complete on two totally different sides of the spectrum. Um, and we even acted out and we did some immature things and et cetera, et cetera, and a bunch of open doors and wrong thinking and all this stuff. But when we came back together, when we made that choice, like, we're going to, yeah, I don't agree with you right now, but we're going to walk through this together. I think that's, I think that's, I think that just makes the bond even tighter. I think that's one of the reasons why conflict is so hard because we're almost trying to protect ourselves. Mm. Where it's like, you know what? I Do you really have my back in this situation? Even though you don't agree with me, you know, do you still have my back? And to learn that that other person does that builds more confidence in you, more confidence in the, in your partner, and then also more confidence in the relationship as a whole. I think that needed to be stated. The conflict is good. Conflict is okay in the right context. Okay. Um, on Jacqueline versus Angela, so you you know it opens with a clip of so in the movie up until this point, I feel like it's pretty clear that Angela definitely has a little bit of a crush on Marcus. Yeah. Right. But this is the first time that she is making it really clear to Jacqueline. Right. And she's asking Jacqueline to take it easy on Marcus. Whatever she's doing to Marcus, stop it. It's affecting his work. And Jacqueline's, you could tell she's sort of offended. I I, I honestly, I think she's offended. I also think she kind of like got off on it. Oh, no. See, to me, it was more like it was really, it was the double standard of, because the movie opens with Marcus having his secretary send out like, seven or eight different women like flowers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. marcus did not take it easy on any of those women right why should jacqueline take it quote unquote easy on marcus mm. 
Interesting. But that's not, so why did you, I guess what I'm saying. So, uh, why open what, you know, why introduce the conflict between Jacqueline and Angel, or at least what, uh, what Marcus Graham sees as this like choice, right? Why introduce that now in this project? Well, because he hasn't grasped the concept of if she was yet. So that's why the the subtitle of Jacqueline versus Angela's options, because the the last line of if she was is uh, these walls, we got to scale, tell a tale. My reward is I tried and your fear is I failed. So we we have this conflict right now and we're not seeing eye to eye. So, you know, for some men, that opens the door to, well, you know, the grass may be green on the other side. Let me see what else what else is there that I have. Um, so just even the conversation between the two of them about Marcus is why I chose that clip. So it may not necessarily be what they're saying, right, but just right, the fact right, that right, they're right. talking about him and he can either choose between the two of them is why I picked that clip. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to ask you about this record. Yeah, that was, well, you know, that was funny how Curve can get you straight. Yeah. And- why do you think that line is resonating with people? Uh, because men don't like to get their feelings hurt and they don't realize that, you know, uh, denial isn't like a killer. It might hurt, might hurt your ego, bruise your ego, hurt your pride. It may just not be what you were supposed to have, but like, you'll be okay. It's not mm. going to kill you. Mm. you know, especially, you know, you shooting your shot as we talked about earlier. Right, right. You know, if, if it rims out, it is what it is. You know, LeBron has missed plenty of game winners. Does that mean he's not one of the greatest ever? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, he's no Roy Hibbert, but um, <laughs> I had to, I didn't choose a little little comedy there. Um, wait, uh, La- yeah, Lakers didn't play last night, right? They must play tonight. No, nah, they play tonight. What they a team. Tonight. What a team. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, who are they playing tonight? I'm about to look uh, that up. I know, I know. I, <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to watch any basketball last night, so... Uh, I saw, fam, when I came home yesterday and turned on, uh, Bulls and the Cavs and saw LeBron on the sidelines wrapped up in towels with like five minutes left in the third quarter, I was concerned. (laughs) I was concerned. Like really? First game of the season? We already wrapped up in towels? And then to see them come back and then to see, I don't know, man, that, that Pau Gasol block on LeBron like that, that felt like an omen. Yeah, we should we get we need to talk about the NBA. I feel I feel like the the Cavs are just improperly constructed. I don't I why are people picking them to win the championship this year? Because they only have to beat one team from the West. Mm. And because LeBron did superhuman things in the finals. Right. And right. so and if, everybody's healthy. If he got them to 2-1 in the finals with Deladova doing, you know, being like a crunch time guy for them. Yeah. If even just one of Kyrie and Love is healthy, what can he do with them? Yeah. That's the thought. Sheesh, man. Come on, man. It's the freaking Spurs got LaMarcus Aldridge and David West. Like, ugh. they're going to have, they might have some issues at first. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. It, it, it'll be a little, it'll be a bit of a transition. I think the Clippers are going to be all right this year. I still feel like the, I still feel like Cats are going to sleep on the Thunder. I think they're going to be all right this year. But we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. We should talk about that next week. Um, all right. Uh, intentional. I'll, yeah, the cl- the clip that you open up here is hilarious. Yeah, he's being intentional. Right, right. Um, he's taking his, he's not just taking his shot, but he is right. It's 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 an interesting point in the movie because like his confidence is so high mm-hmm. that he can say out loud things that men always sort of think to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm this is my Mac Daddy mode. 
like we don't really use the term Mac Dad anymore. Although you should bring that back. Um, yeah, I might, I might, <laughs> I might, I might. Um, he is so ridiculously confident that he can say that out loud. Yeah. And his past history with, with women has apparently taught him that, yeah, he can do that. And women are still going to be like, oh, okay. Right. Um, so talk to me about intentional. Like, why this song? Why? What was the point? I think that he needed. <laughs> What's the point? No, I'm just asking. No, no, no. I, no. Um, <laughs> why, I think. Why do you exist? <laughs> why are you here? Um, I think that in relationship, I think it's very important for intentionality to exist. And that's why the song is intentional. Um, you know, we're talking about intentionality, you know, and the dangers of when you're not being intentional. Mm. Um, first, that's my verse. It's pretty much like, what if you're kind of doing this sort of floating in the wind? Right. I think Jonathan Baker's verse is very much like this is the fruit of being intentional. This is the result of it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much like, all right, well, Marcus has to make a decision at this point. You know, he's had, he has conflict. He has this woman that he absolutely adores. Um, he felt like this was it for him. And now that they have conflict, you know, maybe some other doors have opened, some options have opened up. Is he going to go with what he thinks he wants or is he going to stick this out? Right. Um, so that, that was basically intentional, like here you have to make a decision. I feel like I feel like being intentional is sort of one of the lessons. I mean, this sounds so obvious when you say it out loud, right? But it's one of the lessons that you want people to take away from this, right? One of the <laughs> solutions to so, sort of the issues that are portrayed earlier in the album, right? Mm-hmm. It's like whether it's the you know relate it's related to the you know whole curve and get you straight thing, but it's really like it, it's related to taking your shot, but it's also it ties in with the whole issues with titles that you that mm-hmm. you do you talk about on nothing. It's like no, really, like you. I mean, I'm just being reductive here. Like, you need to be intentional. Like, as you were sort of, it was intentional. One of the last songs you did. Yeah, yeah. So you're sort of tying these these threads together, right? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, anything else you want to say about intentional? Nah, I, I think it was. I think it was. It was a record to represent intentionality. I think it just needed to be stated. Be intentional. Now, what that intention was is. And give you a minute. So on give you a minute, this one line stuck out to me. I can't handle everything you demand. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Um, at this point in the story, I think he's being honest with himself. Like sometimes the demand of, because he, in that instance, he's not necessarily speaking to her. He's speaking to the relationship and even to himself. Like these changes, this consistency, this sort of uh, the complete opposite, this 180 that I have to make. It's very challenging. And I'm just stating that I'm having a hard time with this. Sometimes it's hard. That's all. So you've been getting a lot, a lot of praise for this record. Yeah. People love this record. Um, you're going to start doing more more beats like this? Is that the idea? You're going gonna to do a whole house lane EP? Nah, I mean, not a whole house EP, but it's definitely opened up some doors to some some uh, some other genres of music for Kairos too. <laughs> God Def- only shines on Sundays. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> So, yeah, people really like this record. You know, I I love house music. And like I've said before, like I just wanted to make the music that I listen to. I wanted to challenge myself and get out of that 80 to 90 BPM range. Um, And Sandman just, you know, executed that beautifully uh, with the sample. If anybody can name that sample, please let me know. Hit me up at Armand Wake Up or at CRS Podcast. 
hit me up because I'm very curious to see before I sort of re- I, I've been thinking about because people have really been talking about the samples on the project and stuff. But that sample, nobody's been able to figure out samples. What samples? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, uh, yeah. What is that? So Tattoo, which is an older record. Yeah. I, f- I, I honestly forgot that this was on the project. Yeah. I mixed um, it so long ago. <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a lot of people. Yeah, we went through a few mixes on this. I know. Um, a f- <laughs> on the yeah, plus side, can... I learned a lot about mixing R and B vocals. On this yeah, shout to Uriah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, the the metaphor for this was, you know, it's commitment. This is this is a forever thing, and even if you may not like the tattoo that you got when you were eighteen, like me, you still have it on you. You don't have a choice. <laughs> Um, and that, that's not necessarily in a bad thing. Like, that's a good thing. Like this is this sort of commitment that I'm talking about on this record is, is forever, mm. you know? So, you know, yeah. A lot of people didn't think this album was, or this song was going to fit on the album. I think this is the only, you know, Joe to see forever. My lady sort of record on the album. You know, <laughs> right, I, you, I really, you, you take the second half of the song off and you're like, all right, Uriah, take it home. Uriah just did that. I didn't know what he was going to do. Like I just, I rap, I actually had two verses to tattoo. And uh, we were just going over the verse and I was just getting it. I think I was just getting his feedback. Like I knew I wanted him on the project. Yeah. And we had already done nothing. We did nothing. Did we do nothing first? I can't remember. I don't remember. But I just wanted his feedback. And so he was like, well, send me the beat. And he came back maybe two hours later with that. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't have to rap on this. So I, I even the format as a nerd, like that's dope. Like, all right, just one 24, 32 bar verse or whatever. Right. No hook. And then a completely different beat, and I'm not on the song at all. You trying to be ter- you trying to be Terry Snash? Look, man. <laughs> again, making music that I listen to. Right. This is a Suedo R&B record, and this is you know. So like this rec- so this song opens with, like, if you had to point to a single epiphany that Marcus Graham has, although you argue that he has several, right? And that mm-hmm. this, but the biggest one that he has in the movie, right, is basically like you know, why are you here? And he's mm-hmm. like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Like, obviously because it's a movie, there is sort of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. right? Where we all know that she's going to take him back at the end. Right. Because it's Hollywood. Right. Should she have taken him back? You know what, man? I, I, I've gotten to the place in my life where I have seen so many crazy things mm-hmm. in relationship right. that I, I, I can't speak for. Yeah, there's no hard and fast rule for this. Yeah, like if you if you make that decision, you're taking back everything, as I said before. And if he's really sincerely sorry, you know, contrary to popular belief, I believe that people do change. People are sorry and repentive and, you know, see see the hurt that they cause people that they love. And once they step outside of that and then they resolve to never do it again and they don't, I believe that that exists in everybody. Um, That's so, an interesting notion. Like I, I feel... I agree with you, but I think the problem is people can change. It's that that word change gets used very lightly. Yes. Like I, people throw that word around and it's like, I don't think you understand what it means for to actually change. Mm. Like it, it's not common. It's It happens though. And the problem yeah. though is that we treat everything as it's got to be binary. It's either – Oh, sure. People change all the time or, oh, well, nobody ever changes. It's like, it's a little more complicated than that. It's more serious than that. Absolutely. But that has to be part of that. You're right. That's part of the everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Agree. Agree. 
Agreed. So after this, we're bringing back the intro, right? It's mm-hmm. have you ever, except as you point out on the Two Tones podcast, have you ever, the beginning, got a question mark. Now we've got the ellipses at the end. Mm-hmm. So you're completing the circle. You're asking, what did we learn? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure everybody has asked you, well, what do you hope people learn from the album? So I'll ask that question too. <laughs> but you better not, you better give me a good answer. All right. Um, man, I think my hope is that people, my hope is, is that for men, men don't feel sort of ostracized or alienated with these thoughts and feelings that they have. You know, I wanted to represent um, as many men as I could. I knew that I couldn't say everything, um, but I wanted to first off make sure and include, create sort of an inclusive perspective uh, for as many men as possible. Um, Also, I wanted to, um, God, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted people to feel inclusive. I also wanted men to feel like they could express that. And I wanted men to feel like if they could change or, okay, because now I got to break it down. If they can change or if they can't, if they want to grow, growth is available to them and they're not too far removed. If you're at the place of everything or you're at the place of desperation or you're at the place of intentional, whatever place you are in your life as a single man, like, boom, there's more to that, you know, outside of maybe what you think or what you see. Uh, for married men, I just wanted to, um, I want in a, in a, uh, a fan or a supporter reached out to me today and said, this made him revisit, uh, him courting his wife and sort of the things that he's learned since then. And that, that did it for me. I'm good. Mm. And for women, I wanted to provide an authentic, honest perspective that didn't want anything in return but an ear. I think that, you know, a lot of these projects are very selfish in nature. I'm not the only one who's done a relationship themed project, but, you know, game recognize game. And in a lot of them, I can hear the thirst. I can hear them sort of uh, at a place of an unhealthy desperation where it's like, I want, I want to create this song. I want to create this for you because I want the attention of the opposite sex. Um, And I, I talked about that in who I am. Like, I don't want to do this, but here I am doing this and I hate it because this is not what I want. But um, I wanted to say, you know what? I'm going to lay this all out on the table. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest. And I just want you to experience the male experience so that maybe you can have a perspective for, you know, when you get into another relationship or for your husband to just understand where we come from, because we may not be able to articulate that in the best way. So that that's the long and short of what I wanted people to. What's the biggest misconception you've heard about this project? Oh, um, that I'm thirsty mm. and I'm doing this to uh, get the attention of women. Oh, yeah. I hear that a lot. I think I hear, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot on the low. I hear that from people who don't think that I know that they've said that. I mean, if you perform tattoo looking like a Jodeci extra, you might be. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I said that on Twitter. Like, I'm not in a, in a shirtless, I'm not. In a leather vest, dry hump in the ground in a rainstorm. Like I, I was thinking overalls, but no shirt on, just like the overalls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. No. <laughs> like, nah, we're not we're I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. I don't I'm not doing this to to I'm not doing this for selfish re- reasons. Are, are you he- are you hearing that from men or women or both? Uh men. Is it because the assumption is that if you're talking about your feelings, you must be thirsty? Yep. Mm. 
another another male perspective that that needs to be rectified. Um, the feedback that I've gotten from women has been really good. It's been, you know, it's been really enlightening. It's been really encouraging. Like the women have been really receptive to it. Like, oh, okay, this, okay, I understand. You know, I saw this in my husband or my boyfriend. I didn't see that. So that's that's been the biggest mis- misconception. But you know, we powering through that. <laughs> All right. Um, and you close with a. Uh... Officially, anyway, you close with Love Is Too, which is, you describe on the Two Tones podcast as the closing credits. Yep. So it opens a line from the movie where you, where Angela asks Marcus if he really knows what love is. Mm-hmm. So the movie, right, so I'm trying to, I'll, I'll try to separate the movie from the, from the story being, being portrayed here. In the movie, you, you know, we're, because they take you on the whole journey, you're supposed to feel a little bit like, by the end of the movie that, yeah, you feel like Marcus really knows what love is. Like it, if, if I'm a listener taking you through this whole thing, why should I be convinced at the end that this character that is being portrayed in all these, in all these raps actually now knows what love is? Uh, I think because of the outro. Okay. I think, have you ever, maybe he doesn't even know what love is, but maybe he's aspiring to know it mm. beyond what he knows it now. Like there is no, there is no, this isn't how this album is in Hollywood. Right, right. And that's why I was trying to separate the two, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this this album is in Hollywood. So, you know, there's still some questions by the time you get done with this album. It's just like, but I think that's where the other stuff comes in, the conversations, um, some other things that we're going to be implementing and and presenting in the next few weeks and months um, to really draw that full circle because it's different for a lot of people. You know, this isn't, you know, this, that's what happened to Marcus, but maybe that doesn't happen for the listener. Right. Maybe the listener still has some questions that a three minute song can't answer. <laughs> so now let's let's open the door for something else for, for further discussion, further delving. So. All right. Um, anything else you want to say? Anything that you feel like you haven't had a chance to say on a podcast yet? Uh, nah, because I'm really, really glad that I got the nerd out on this on this show about the concept um, and you thought I was going to talk about samples and everything. I did. I mean, you didn't even you didn't even take your your moment in the sun to talk about the beat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I produced Love Is Too. Um, I like the drums. There you go. <laughs> I uh, I really wanted them to. Uh, I was really going for Armand and I. We jokingly described it as the uh, 1995 Puff Daddy Soul Power remix vibe. Yeah. And it sounds completely different from Love Is. Right, right. Um, you, I think you talked about... I, mean, I didn't want to talk too much about it because, I mean, you talked about it on, on at least on the Two Tones podcast, right? Um, kind of came together at the end. Uh, I will say, I don't think I was... I wasn't overtly telling you, no, no, I got to be on this project. Like, I no, did, I you, did, no, 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 no. You're never overt with it. No, well, no, now, no, hold no, on. No. There were, I mean, it's not like I did on Kairos where I literally was like, no, nah, I'm redoing this beat. But you've done well. No, you haven't done well. You didn't do that on. I guess you couldn't do it on Praise Break or Snooze Button Three because those were those were like concepts. Even right and on, right in Praise Break and even on this album to a certain extent, right? It's not producing, but it's like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna filter here. We're gonna drop here. Like you know, we're through. You know, you're telling me like, hey, we need to do something different. I try something you like. Like that. That's how our process works, right? But yeah. Mm-hmm. Love is was really just like. Well, actually, no. Love is was. You you know you and I sort of debated how we wanted the hook to sound. We figured that out. That but that main the main part and the drums, 
that was like the first part of the, you know, the beat that I made, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, there's a whole bunch of other record, other beats that I have that have not had anything done with them yet. That there is a, there is a, I'm, I'm definitely trying to, I'm definitely go- trying to bring back the like 95 drums. Mm-hmm. Not quite 96, not quite ni- 95 drums. That's what 95. I, 95 drums. Yeah, they're very, those are very mob deep infamous yeah, drums. That's the, mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, very Q tip. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, people really, really like that record, man. Like, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. It, it was funny because, you know, I was getting, you know, when I was sort of, beginning to talk about Marcus Grant really being a thing, like that was one of the first questions. Is Doc gonna be on it? Is Doc gonna be on it? And lo and behold, what happened? You 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 came to me. I did come to okay. you. Okay. I did. No, 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 okay. So okay, so let me clear this up. So when <laughs> I'm I say just it's fine. Because hold on, because no, nah, because there were some beats that you 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 were sending some Marcus Graham some Marcus Grammy beats. Oh, I didn't even tell you uh Flex took that one. Uh, which one? The la- the latter one, the one that sounds like a flex beat. The that that had the the slower tempo. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't for you. Okay. No, I'm saying like you 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 heard it and you were like, man. I thought you. I see. I thought you were trying. Yeah, I thought you were trying to get on Marcus Graham. So you made that for you made that for flex. No, I made that, and I I actually sort of immediately could tell. Oh, he might work on that, but you know, you work on a project. I'm sending you whatever. Yeah. But no, I you know, it's one of those things where you heard it and you're like, eh, eh. I was like, yeah, not really for you. <laughs> yeah, it was dope, but it was. I was like, all right, maybe I could stretch this. Maybe I could turn this into an interlude beat. Maybe I right. could just try something different. Like I was trying to, right, the, the, see where where I fit. Yeah, the problem is really that like I I will respond creatively to other people who are being creative. So it always happens mm-hmm. like we're being creative for stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, I I need to remember I should make some beats. Mm, that's <laughs> that, real. That's my problem. That's real. That's, that's real. Problem. That's real. Yeah, because you don't just randomly, very rarely do you just randomly send me beats. Right. But when we're in full swing for a project, you're like, here you go. <laughs> and it's always something crazy. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I, uh, but I, I'm glad people like it. Um, yeah, people do like the record. It's tough. I love those drums. I love that tempo. Yeah. It's a, it's a good pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about this way longer than I thought we would. It's the story of our show. Um, right. <laughs> so obviously, if you've made it this far in the show, hopefully you either have heard Epiphany of Marcus Graham or you want to hear it, in which case, armalmakeup.com, right? Nope. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that just lets me know how, listen, that just lets me know how well I've branded that. So. <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash yeah, Armand SoundCloud Wake Up. Slash, just Google Armand Wake Up or Google right. the Epiphany of Marcus Graham. It's on SoundCloud. Do it's not go to ArmandWakeUp.com. Specifically. Go to ArmandWakeUp.com. Yeah, so, anyway. Anyway. anyway um, people definitely should hear it if they haven't already heard it. Um, where? So you already mentioned two podcasts that you that have been out. What other, where, what other places are you going to be talking about this? Uh, I will be on uh, Songs That Can Do No Wrong. I'm recording that tomorrow. Um, I will be doing something with Rapzilla this weekend. Oh, um, where yeah, they're actually coming out here, so that should be interesting. Ooh. Yeah, uh, they're gonna interview me, Taylor, Yavis, a couple of cats. Um, who else? You, you gonna take them into the trap? No, we're doing it at a church. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's, but it's really interesting though because there there is a uh, there is a a, a Christian hip hop concert uh, this weekend. I've heard it's at Scully's. I also heard it's at a uh, Newport Music Hall. So. 
it's very interesting to see the responses from Christians that don't go anywhere but church that like won't go because this isn't going to be at a church. It's crazy. So we'll, 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 we shall see. I actually might take them to the hood. I might because they are on like the way downtown is it's downtown to short North. There's a, there's campus where OSU is, but like a block up is like the hood, the hood by Columbus standards. They ain't really hood, but it's hood, hood enough. Right. So we're like, we'll be all in that general area. So I might be like, you know, you have to go through that to get to some good food spots. So <laughs> I might be like, yeah, let's go over here and get a burger. Yeah, I was going to say, they're going to show up. Armand's going to be like, did I, have I told you I'm a burger connoisseur? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. And it's birthday weekend. Yeah, I'm about to eat. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Just just be like, no, nah, we're not even talking about this project until you go to this burger place with me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to pig the freak out, bro. Cannot wait. All right, man. Uh, anything else you want to say? Nah, man. I really appreciate this. Uh, really good conversation. And uh, yeah, go get the project, man. Let me know what you think. Hit me up at Armand Wake Up. All that good stuff, man. Let me know. And as always, uh, hit us up on Twitter at CRS Podcast. Use the hashtag Clock Radio Speakers. And uh, assuming uh, Armand has internet, then uh, we, because <laughs> he's moving, uh, we'll probably talk NBA next week.